0: Before we get to today's OBR Film Breakdown podcast, a quick reminder to you out there about the $100 in free bets being offered by America's number one sports book, coming to the Buckeye State right around the corner as gambling hits. That's FanDuel. They're offering OBR Film Breakdown podcast listeners this $100 in free bets by using the promo code OBR. Again, $100 in free bets. Just use the promo code OBR. So as the year winds down, you're getting ready for – you know, the turn of the uh, which will still be football season, which will which will be lovely, you know, getting ready for the turn of the new year, which brings legal sports betting to the state of Ohio. The OBR is partnering with FanDuel uh, for the rest of the year to give you an opportunity to get those free bets. Again, one hundred dollars in free bets using that promo code OBR. The usual stuff is in line here. You have to be 21 or older and be president in Ohio. The bonus is issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. That's again, 1-1-2023 unique user identity verification required offer ends on the go live date restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fandle.com gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So now let's get over to the latest episode of the OBR film breakdown podcast. Mm-hmm. Welcome in, everybody, to the latest OBR Film Breakdown podcast. This is your Thursday, November 10th edition. Kind of getting back in line with our usual schedule. Have a fantastic guest in Jordan Zerm lined up for you in just a moment. Again, you're listening to the OBR Film Breakdown podcast presented by new lead sponsor. What's up, everyone? FanDuel, the sports book that is coming with $100 in free bets for you, coming to Ohio for the turn of the new year when you're going to get your gamble on. Listen, I've been using this stuff. I mean, I don't know if this is going to go on the record somewhere, but I've got friends in low places out there around the country. Jordan, I'm going to welcome you in and see if you've done this too. Where it's like, hey, man, I'm not in a state that this is exactly legal, but here's a twenty dollars quick pay. Can you hook me up with this? But I'm, it's coming to Ohio. I'm getting pumped for this, man. I need some parlays in my life. Is it? Is it a uh, rocking and rolling out in California?
1: Uh, it is not rocking and rolling yet. It is uh, on the ballot right now. Uh, wow. So as as Big all deal. these elections are are happening, there is a uh, it's Proposition Twenty Seven out here in California. So uh, I am unsure if it's going to pass or not. It actually feels like it's not going to pass, which is uh, incredibly surprising. Uh, I think it is inevitable uh, eventually, but. Um, uh, but so similar situation where, you know, you meet some guys in an alleyway and you throw them a couple dollars and, uh, you know, maybe you get some parlays going. I'm not saying I've done it. I'm not saying I'm walking around the streets going into alleys gambling, but I'm not saying I'm not, you know. So um, now very exciting, very exciting news coming to, to Ohio for some, some legal sports betting. Uh, so, you know, you no longer have to creep around, Jake. You can just straight up do it.
0: It's right, man. And you get it this year. So take advantage of that $100 in free bets offer out there right now. Uh also I want to congratulate you. I saw someone from California. I meant to call you earlier, but someone from California hit the, <laughs> the two billion Powerball. So I'm gonna imagine that's you. Congratulations. What are you gonna spend it on? What would be your first purchase in a uh one billion dollar Powerball winner?
1: Yes, thank you for adding Like me literally, I winner. want I
0: I want you I want to know literally, if you won, what is the first thing you would buy flat out? That's a, I have that's mine. such a
1: great that's such a great question. Um I Gosh, I don't know, man. I think what I would do is I would want to get, I would want, first of all, I'd buy like a house with it. Now I don't need some enormous mansion. I'm not going for size here, but I'm going for like nice ass house where then a lot of that money can go to like, I want the greatest place, like the greatest quote unquote man cave. I want like a manicured Mm -hmm. backyard with a basketball hoop and a putting and a putting green And a tennis court, you know, I want like the virtual golf, like where I can do like, that's what I would put. I think that's really what I would do. I would like get a nice house and then I would just trick the house out completely. Like everything I, I would have like Kool-Aid in the water fountain that I would just have installed. I have an elevator. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Deeds style. So I think that's actually where I would go because I really like the idea of being able to like have anything I ever wanted inside of a nice house.
0: So I've thought this through several times in my uh, incredibly boring life, and uh, as you <laughs> as you would in this scenario, you would try to avoid being unbelievably famous as this person out in California, as I'm sure you're dealing with right now. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you you would have to drive to the gaming commission to get the ticket delivered to confirm it. At that moment, you know, there's a whole bunch of process to get the money to, you, but at that moment when you have the guarantee of money that is going to come, like I'm with you. I'm building all that stuff eventually, but I'm going to just go by any car i want i'm probably Mm -hmm. like there's some places around here called like the toy barn and club i'm just gonna this isn't the end game car jordan this isn't it this isn't it but i i i'm just gonna go buy something like i really want that car it's gonna be like my eighth to tenth best car at some point here but like i just want to feel like i won something so i'm gonna go buy this ludicrous car until my money really hits and that's that would be my first buy that would be i like that and i'll plan it out yeah
1: I uh, I don't think like after taxes, I, it would be enough for me to outright buy the Cleveland Browns, but I, I'd put an mm. offer that uh, I'd put an offer, I'd, I'd walk in there, uh, and I'd sit down in front of Jimmy and D and I would say, give me the team. Um, and then I'd put a briefcase With in front shot. of them. Yeah, and uh, just do it. Yeah. So that would be my backup plan if you know, for whatever reason, I got bored of the house. Um, and that would be second on the agenda.
0: I saw that uh, the the person who sold the ticket out in California was Domita, I think I'm saying this right. Domita Pecco's father, the the, the former defensive tackle, he was like spent a decade with the Bengals. Um, uh, he was uh, pretty good. I think he had like a 15 year NFL career. And his dad sold it. Guess how much you get for selling that ticket? Any uh, any ballpark? Guess? Oh, I, I didn't even know. know. I didn't even know. I, you I got know one about before.
1: this. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. this was a
0: thing. You get a cool million for selling the ticket, according wow. to what I was reading. So he That's gets incredible. Uh, Gets a million bucks, so shout go out to Go for him. Shout out to Pecco's father. So, all right, well, listen, uh, we'll deal with Jordan's financials later. Uh, another episode, <laughs> we have we have so much to talk about, brother. Um, you we took a couple days, uh, you know, took we took last week off. We didn't link up, and um, there's a lot that's happened. There's two weeks of football that we haven't really chatted about. I want to kind of your your thoughts as we start here where you are sort of I've done two pods got with Jared Mueller and did defense and Coliseum and did offense but just where you're at at the bye I think things worked out in the almost worse, and I, I'm almost positive about this that every single neutral game that the Browns needed to just kind of go their way <laughs> yeah went the opposite way so uh, I'm curious where you sit now three and five as the Ravens are and we'll talk about them a little later I think they're six and four six and three and the Bengals are five and four now. So yeah, just, just where you're at with them coming out of the bye.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's still, I think just to win that game in the fashion they did against the Bengals and go into the bye with just a good atmosphere around the team was really important because had they sort of, had they lost that game in similar ways to other games they had lost. And that Bengals offense, I mean, I know they didn't have Jamar Chase that game, but that Bengals offense was coming off a run. And then you just see what they, I mean, the Panthers are an absolute train wreck, but you see what they did to the to the Panthers over the weekend. So, like, that offense was, was cruising. Um, and, and so for the Browns to not only, like, win that game, but also sort of do it, how they did it defensively. You, you've had some great stuff on Twitter about sort of the mixing up the coverages and, and some of the fronts that they're doing. So that was great stuff. Like, and then just to really, I mean, that was that felt to me like one of the first times in months that they really married their their passing game with their with the run game in a way that you know they were able to really dominate a football game. So like everything went so well, and I think that just is huge. Now, like you said, it's it's still a, a long shot to, to make the playoffs. These next like string of like three games are going to be really, really tough. Like I forgot that they're out of the buy. They have to go to Miami. And I mean that, that offense uh, is playing absolutely out of its mind right now. Um, that's going to be a really like any good feelings we had about the defense may go right out the window this weekend because they're just, gonna have to, you know, guard Jalen Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill, and that's gonna be a really, really tough assignment. Nobody's really been able to slow them down. So, you know, I think it still is is gonna be tough for them to get to a point where even when Deshaun comes back, you feel like there's a real legitimate shot. Um, but I think it was it just was really important for them to win that game in the fashion that they did and just Get that like have people feeling good about themselves because that's one of those things where they lose that game, they go into the bye, and guys start feeling like the season's already over, and then you just the rest of the season, it's just like the energy and the body language and who knows where it goes. So they've at least prolonged that and I and I think they really needed that win. So I, I at least feel positive about them right now. Um, despite the chance that, you know, they're still not there's still not a favorable chance of them really being able to sort of charge into the playoffs.
0: Yeah, it is. The, the the couple games missed make it really hard to picture. But you just win every game you can. These next three are yeah. going to be brutal, but they're not impossible. And I think the thing we've learned about this team is they're in every game. They're in every game. And uh, that that some of those swing plays go your way. And, and you could sneak a game or two out. And who knows? We're going to talk and we can talk about it now. It seems like Josh Allen's elbow is uh, still sort of weird. Um, You know, I'm not sure. We haven't seen anything official on it, but he was certainly affected somewhat affected by the set the first throw after (laughs) the first though after that hit he throws a a ground ball but then this i mean it was like a 70 yard gabe davis sideline shot that should have been caught but um i don't know i mean if josh allen's elbows really in some sort of weird way that that changes everything but at the at the minimum i would say that this game these three games seem less daunting than they did originally not that they're still not extremely challenging but they don't seem as impossible to me as at some point where we were talking about these were almost like guaranteed losses at some point. So I think they're going to be in them. I'm not sure if they're going to win them, but they'll be in them because as good as Miami's offense is, that defense is not good. And um, the Browns can, can put up some points and anything can happen any given Sunday. That's what we learned. And we talk about the weird scale. That's what we'll touch on next. Like the uh, weird scale of games took a week off week eight. The only weird outcome I mean, the Lions gave the Dolphins everything they could handle, um, but then the Dolphins snuck that one out in the second half. Uh, And then the other one that was teetering on the brink of being a weird outcome was um, uh, which one? There was another one, uh, the Panthers. The Panthers were giving the Falcons a run um, for that one, and they should have won it. Should have won. This controversial helmet toss scenario there cost them uh, the PAT sliding back 15 yards, blah, blah, blah. But the only weird outcome was the Browns. Uh, unexpected uh, win over the Bengals. So that only gave us one, but man, week nine gave us some, It got back into the weird stuff here. So you, uh, you look at this one, you see the Jags beating. And again, it's not weird based on records, but it's put the Raiders into a worse tailspin. They score 17 unanswered points <laughs> in the second half. You have the jets upsetting the bills never would have. And there's this person out there on social media. Have you seen this person who did a coin flip of the Jets schedule and has nailed every game? The no i have the, not yeah the tweet is like before the season somebody wrote it down on pen uh a pencil and paper coin every single one has been right so far it's 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 really bizarre um the packers losing again again the records don't indicate it but the lions were one in six entering that game and aaron Rodgers implodes uh and then uh, obviously uh, we're looking at pretty regular outcomes but there were just a few there right so the jets the lions and then I think that Jaguar's win is uh, is a bit is a bit funky, and somehow the chargers keep getting breaks, and I don't know they gotta deal with the devil there but but anyway, still some weird stuff in week nine now you look at week ten, which is packed. there's only four buy teams, and week nine had how many six, so there's only four buys the Ravens Bengals, Jets, and Patriots are off so if you look at the slate here, I'll give you a second to pull it up if you haven't already, yeah, what's week ten games? give you weird outcome vibes. I would say <clears throat> I'm looking through it simultaneous to you. Browns are on the scale, three and five. Browns at six and three Dolphins. So that would be a uh unexpected outcome that would that would be a little little bizarre. There's really not a ton of potential. I guess the Packers beating the Cowboys at home I was
1: right? I was just gonna say like if you know Aaron Rodgers has famously owned the the Dallas Cowboys for most of his career. Um mm-hmm that game's in green Bay. Yeah. I mean, if there was ever a game where he all of a sudden just breaks out and looks like, you know, the Aaron Rodgers that won back to back MVPs, I could, I could see it being that, although I, you know, I also saw that Romeo Dobbs it twisted his ankle and I don't know if he's going to play this week. I mean, they just are so, <laughs> their offensive weapons are so barren outside of Lazard. So it's like, I guess, but yeah, that would be, so it would be like, I don't, with how good Dallas's defense is, that game if Aaron Rodgers just shredded them, um, yeah, that would be up there on the weird scale on the weird scale for me because it feels like, like the implosion in Green Bay is very close, uh, yeah, so uh, like they're teetering on that line. Um, so that one, yeah, that one's pretty high on the weird scale for me. The other one I was looking at that's a little bit lower. Um, which one was it? Oh,
0: I. I don't, there's not a good, there's not a good slate of weird outcomes. It's not a good slate. Although
1: I will say like Jacksonville is just a team. Now I don't think they're going to beat Kansas city, but I will say that Kansas city um, struggled mightily with a Titans team that doesn't have a functional uh, passing offense. Like at all, they just, Mm -hmm. they don't have it Um, really struggled to move the ball for a lot of that game outside of Patrick Mahomes, like running, uh, which a lot of that was just sort of man coverage that, that, you know, they covered everybody, and, and Mahomes found some holes and took off and sort of waddled around the field like he does. But, like, it Jacksonville is, is that – He waddles, weirdest, man. He
0: always looks like he's leaning too far over the edge as he he's, runs. Um, it's really It's weird. like a
1: – like, he, he wants to – he's like a guy that's in a hurry and is late but just doesn't want people to see him sprinting. You know, he wants to, like, play it somewhat cool. That's, yeah, like, what that's Patrick good. Mahomes um, – But, like, Jacksonville, man, I I don't know. Like, Trevor – Trevor will make some throws every week where you're like, damn, you know, like mm-hmm. there you can see it with him. Um, now he has some, he's had some games and especially in the red zone where he's been brutal, but like last week he had some throws. They've got like Travis Etienne is balling. Um, Christian Kirk had like 10 catches. Like they, they've got some weapons over there and it just is one of those games where like you just, I, I don't know when Kansas city struggles, they can really sort of struggle. It was just very weird to see them play like they did on um, on Sunday night. So that one is also up there now, in terms of it actually happening. I'm going to give it a way lower shot than than Green Bay beating Dallas, but it is one where you're just kind of like, mm, I don't know Kansas City looked a little off, and Jacksonville's kind of you know feeling themselves a little bit they've been they've been in and close in some other games, like you just I don't know, you never know
0: you never know. I think that so if we go through them Falcons Panthers, the Falcons aren't very good, but their records better than I'm not really counting that. Seahawks have got a better record than the bucks, but Tom Brady and the but I'm not counting that. Vikings seven and one, Bills six and two, man. Two and six Lions, Bears, man. You're that's top three. The the Jags beating the Chiefs would be number one of like yeah. whoa outcomes. Yeah. Um Browns, Dolphins is probably in the top three this week, although I wouldn't nobody should be that surprised if it came to fruition. Um the other one I would say is of note is six and two Giants hosting the one and six Texans. The Giants mm. are due for a clunker. They're due. Yes. For a they Bronker. are. So that one is uh, very much got my eye on it. Saints Steelers is an absolute throwaway game. Broncos Titans feel like the same team. One just finds a way to win, the other finds a way to lose. Colts Raiders, nobody cares. Although we do care because now we're forced to with the yeah. hilarity of the Colts, we'll talk about in just a moment. um But otherwise, like Rams Cardinals, both teams three and six, three and five. Chargers 49ers, five and three, four and four. Kickseedos go either way. The other one of like the cap it off would be the Commanders, who are four and five. Somehow finding a way to go into prime time and beat the Eagles, that would be a massive woe. So the biggest woe outcomes to me would be Commanders and Jags. That's the the two biggest ones. Texans, I just still don't view the Giants as very good. So even though they're no. six And the Texans, Texans held their Texans, own
1: on uh, on Thursday yeah. night football against the Eagles. Like they, they played yeah. a lot better than I thought they would. So
0: For sure. And they get a little mini buy. So like, I just think yep. that I wouldn't be like, wow, the Texans beat the Giants wouldn't be that big a deal. Um, wouldn't be like a double wow, but Jags commanders are double wows. This is we're, mm-hmm. we're evolving our scale here. Double wow, we are. wow, wow. Yeah,
1: like a double uh, rainbow type of deal. Yeah,
0: yeah. Browns beat Dolphins. Meh, I get it, right? But that would be on the scale this week. Packers beat the Cowboys. Meh, Aaron Rodgers. I get it. It could happen. Uh, Texans Giants single wow, wow. Texans over the Giants. Um, and that's probably it. So there's our perfect, uh, perfect scale for you guys on on our, our wows. Two double wows this week with potential Jags commanders we're eyeing you guys for double wow potential some single wows exactly. out there but not a great week for the wow scale um okay so let's look at actually let's do this we're going to take one break our first break we'll come back and then we got so much to talk about with the colts they are so much we'll be right back hey guys it's here it's me jake telling you again about the Fantastic offer coming up from FanDuel, America's number one sports book, which is coming to the Buckeye State at the turn of the year. They're already available. If you go in, sign up, you get $100 in free bets with an early sign-up bonus. Now, again, reminder, you cannot get this offer if you wait around and do it after the turn of the new year when, when it's a go-live date for sports betting in Ohio. You have to do it early. You get an early sign-up bonus by using the promo code OBR. Very simple. Just OBR. Bonuses issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real-money sports wager in Ohio, 1-1 of 2023. Unique user identity verification is required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed.
0: I mean, this is the cult stuff. Like, I mean, I had to check the, the, the verification of Twitter's getting out in the weeds, as you know, like it's, it's all over the place. So I had to double, triple, quadruple check that this was real. So they hired Jeff Saturday and they're, they're, they're tanking. You and I said this weeks ago with the, with the Sam Ellinger decision, it's, it's no, it's no secret. They're trying to get a great draft pick here, but there's, there's a lot of angles to look at this, Jordan. So. Jeff Saturday, and, and again they hire him, and I don't. People are saying like he's got no, no experience. But so, Jeff Saturday spent a lot of time around a successful organization as a player, heavily involved as the one of the smartest centers to ever play, and he spent time with Peyton Manning. He was he's a very sharp guy. It's I'm trying to think of the best way to to put this because it's not it's not apples to to oranges in terms of like. Well, hey, I'll just go hire a doctor who hangs out around doctors' offices and gets a ton of surgeries for four years. Like, what? I, he, I don't think it's far fetched that he can just do it. He's probably talked to people before. He understands a lot of what head coaches do. He's delegating the two sides. That I think he can do. But the the optics of this move are really bad, and they're really bad for a couple reasons. One, it's just hilarious absurdity. Even though I think you can do it without having some extensive coaching background. I really do think you can just speaking from experience. If you're just delegating and being like an overseer, because it doesn't take a ton of in-depth planning and the way it does to take a call, you know, to call a side of the football, the scouting and all that that goes into it. So, but it, it's just an, un, it was just an unbelievable, like what, what do they, what do they do? Why would they do that? And then like the optics, obviously for tons of African-American head coaches who are or coaches in general, who just don't get opportunities and they just hire this guy, Jeff Sadd, out of nowhere. And the optics of that and the, and the many, many black coaches who deserve opportunities and are just being overlooked constantly. And then you compound it with the press conference, which was, I mean, it's the most non-Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Browns thing I think I've ever seen. And I, I say that with all due respect. Like I, 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 That's all I got. Do you have anything that comes to mind off of this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think all your points are are great. I think I think the biggest issue is like, well, I I did think Bomani Jones had a re- had had a very good point, an interesting viewpoint, because I there was a lot of talk about, and I think rightly so, about like how this is just just another example in a long line of examples of you know a, a guy sort of just being getting a job because he won was just was in the organization is probably very friendly with, with the owners and and the GM and, uh, you know, has been around the organization. So he's just all of a sudden he just gets this opportunity that that a lot of other people would not get had they not had any of these sort of, um, you know, quote unquote qualifications and, and how a lot of, you know, this is just, it's just a really bad look in a league that already is awful at giving um, minority head coaches and minority coaches, one chance, second chances, any of that stuff. And I i was interesting because Bomani Jones on Twitter was saying that he actually was not that up in arms because this is such a garbage job. <laughs> and it is such a, it's basically an interim, you know, like, I, I mean, unless the Colts go full wild and decide like to hire Jeff Saturday full time, which I've seen like there are some conspiracy theories out there that's like. This is this has been this is more than just a well, let's bring them in and sit, you know, for the rest of the year. We're not going anywhere, whatever. Um, But like at the moment, looking at it, like Bomani was saying, like, I don't want a blackhead coach to get this job to essentially be ushered out after a year coming in, trying to clean up this this huge mess that, that is what the Colts are right now um, with everything that's going on. And I, I, I understand that viewpoint very much. Like you don't want that to be the way a coach gets a job. And then he's just like a token interim head coach to check off. And then he's gone at the end of the season when they go and hire somebody else. But I will say that by the same token, I, you know, even to get to a place where black coaches even have that opportunity to even be this sort of like, Hey man, you're just going to be our sort of figurehead until we get through the season, like just come in and calm the waters. We're not really going to give you a chance to like prove that you can be a, an NFL head coach and we're going to hire you full time. But like, I also think like getting to that point would be a huge step in the right direction regardless. So I, I sort of pushed back on that a little bit where like, yes, it is not a good job um, for somebody that is legitimately trying to become a head coach um, especially for African-Americans in this league. Like it's, this is not probably the way to do it, but at the same time, you just have got to sort of laugh that, you know, all the things that like black head coaches have to do to get one job and then they get fired and rarely ever get second opportunities. And mm-hmm. you can just pick Jeff Saturday out of his, whatever high school or middle school he was coaching at uh, and just plop him into in the middle of the week <laughs> when they have a game on Sunday, Jake, I have no idea like how they're even going to formulate a game plan or like play a football game against the Raiders on Sunday and I'm just going to be fascinated to watch, but it is sort of just like you know, it just this idea that like, yeah, this white guy that played center for them and has these ties to the organization, they're just like, yeah, I guess we can make him coach." And it and it is a very it, the optics of it are really really bad regardless of how you feel about like the quality of the job itself, which, you know, I don't think a lot of people would want it and that's probably part of the reason Jeff Saturday is in there, but I still would love for us to get to a place where like black coaches are considered for that type of, even though it's it's a bad job, like they're considered for that anyway. So that's really uh, to add there that it is just sort of, yeah, to to, to looking, looking at it from a zoomed out view remains uh, a really bad, a really bad thing that the NFL cannot seem to get a, get a good handle on.
0: Yeah. And like the, the, he was asked about the uh, Urse was asked about the Rooney rule and he like mocked it like almost yeah. like, I don't know if you saw that quote where he, he came back at reporters about it, like being held accountable for, it was the weirdest response. It's just a string of really weird decisions there. Um, that I, I, I mean, I, I think if you, if you followed Urse enough, you, you, you can certainly see that he is an off the cuff guy. And I, I think Reich was completely fine with being done there based on Everything you gather and he'll get another job because I think he's done a good job and I think he's he's uh he's able to handle it. but like I mean I'm just saying you know the thing that's interesting to me is 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 a coach who's now proven over and like Deion Sanders. Like do, do guys like that. Like what if they heard Edron, James? Would yep. the would the energy be the same? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I just don't uh I don't really understand how this is just an acceptable move to make and the NFL would be okay with this given Given what it takes, how it tries to build coaches, the brothership stuff they they do in terms of like programs to to expand to different uh, angles of coaches. And I'm not just talking about one race. I'm talking about multiple races that they try to expand this thing and trying to do different things to you – know, there seems to be a step-by-step-you-earn-it type of thing, right? And it just – Even Jeff Saturday's response was weird, man. He's like, I don't, I was stunned. I couldn't believe it. And it's like, well, shit, man. Like,
1: Yeah. And the other thing too is like, yeah, it's just really easy to, I mean, it is, it is truly the equivalent of the Browns hiring Joe Thomas in a similar situation where it's like, it's a, it's an easy, friendly face that the fans loved. And you, so you don't get that much pushback on it because it's just like this guy that is like part of he's always in the ring of honor, all this stuff. So you sort of hide any real responsibility to actually do a coaching search and actually look into much more qualified candidates because it is somebody that Colts fans love. And that is known as, you know, the anchor of this offensive line during their, some of their most successful years with Peyton Manning. And so like, it's that. I wonder if they did reach
0: out. I wonder if he reached out to Peyton. I would be curious. I, bet he did. I would
1: be shocked if they didn't. I would be absolutely yeah. shocked. And Peyton probably said, absolutely not. Um, but um, but yeah, man, it's just, yeah, I, it's disappointing, I guess. And it is such a, it just like they have a quarterback in Sam Ellinger who doesn't look like he should be playing in the NFL. And they benched Matt Ryan. I don't know if you can come back from that. I don't know if you start Matt Ryan again, if he's going to be fine with that. And then you're going into this game with the Raiders And you have your offensive coordinator now is a man who was definitely created in Madden, uh, whose name is Parks Frazier. And is 100% not a real person. Like if, would you be shocked, Jake, if on Sunday the cameras went to the sideline and he's just not there, you know, they're just like, who's, and here's Parks Frazier calling plays. And it's just like a robot with a clipboard. You're like, nah, okay. That makes sense. Uh, So it is just going to be like 30, 30 years years old. old. Um, and you know what's going to happen, Jake? The Raiders are still going to lose to them. So, um, that's it. That's it. That actually <laughs> that
0: probably should have been higher on our weird scale because, yeah, because it's an The inevitable. Colts win that game with Parks Frazier, the um, you know, uh, who's probably a character from like Third Rock from the Sun or something like that. And then, like, 30 year old guy, Saturday out of nowhere, hired on what Monday or Sunday or whatever, he was hired. Like, it would make sense that Josh McDaniels. Your beloved former Cleveland Browns coaching Oof. candidate. Um <laughs> Oh man. There's some irony there. But anyway, um, yeah, I don't know, man. The Colts are like I can't fathom it. I I mean and I follow some people who cover them and they're just at odds in it. Like they don't even know what to do anymore. What do you do? What do you like, what do you I guess they hope and pray they end up with the quarterback out of this draft or something because it's uh
1: That's like that's like it, man. Good. I don't know what other path there is for them at this point.
0: Um there's not there's not and it really shows you the spiral that the Andrew Luck thing put them the put them down it put it put them down a, a slew of bad decisions and uh into the, the GM and Ballard who is again I don't know if you saw his interview or he's just yelling at people and blaming <laughs> the press for you know going at him about picking certain play I don't know it's just a it's, That's
1: when you is, know things are going great.
0: Yeah, it was it's like the Denzel from uh I, the the meme gif I GFI had is Denzel and training day where he's like looking around smiling. Like, yeah, I'm like, all right, this isn't the Browns. Okay. Yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. yeah. You know, This is somebody else doing this, this super far-fetched uh, thing here, you know? So, and it would, I, there's also the irony of, if you recall why Frank Reich was hired, Josh McDaniels accepted the Colts job and then left abruptly. Remember that? So it's all full circle, it man, it would be full circle for McDaniels to lose this game. And really, I could see the Raiders doing something crazy if they fall to. What are they right now? They two and seven. The Raiders are two and oh, six. If, They'd fall to two and seven. If they
1: lose, if they lose this game to the Colts, I would act, be surprised if they didn't fire Josh McDaniels in the locker room after the game. Like I, yeah. I would actually yeah. be shocked. So yeah, that game actually has a lot of um, great weird content potential for us to be talking about next week.
0: Yeah, the Broncos. Uh, you know, Hackett, Nathaniel Hackett is is up there. Him and McDaniel's are leading the first year head coaches who could just run themselves out of an organization. So yeah. we'll keep our eye on that. We are going to take one more quick break uh, and then come back and close with a couple pertinent thoughts, power rankings, some some look at the Ravens because uh, their schedule super favorable, and then look at the uh, some early thoughts on the Dolphins. So uh, and then we have a, a little uh, you know guardians indians corner that we can venture into as well uh, well those are the same teams it's actually the guardians guardians calves Jeez, my bad so <laughs> we'll venture into uh, guardians calves territory at the end for those of you who would like to stick around we'll be right back Okay, quick hitter topics here at the end. Ravens, six and three. I said six and four earlier. They are six and three. If you look at their schedule, um they have the the early Browns schedule that was super favorable. The Ravens have that coming up. So I, I think I said earlier they are on a bye. They come out of the bye on November twentieth. They go Panthers at Jags, host the Broncos at the Steelers, Browns on the road, challenging, I think, maybe. Uh Falcons at home, home for the Steelers at cincinnati that's a uh that's a that's a 12 win schedule now right yeah like hard to see them not winning this division we can look at the bengals real quick and see what they have but uh, those are the two front runners in this division the bengals have at pittsburgh uh on the 20th they're on a bye right now so then then they go to tennessee which won't be easy they host the chiefs this is what you get for winning the division uh they host the browns at the Bucks, at the Patriots, yeah, they and they host the Bills. They got it. They got it. It's the Ravens. Yeah, they got, they got yeah, that's yeah. a
1: brutal schedule to finish yeah. out.
0: So the the hope there is that the Browns could catch the Bengals, win both games over the Bengals, and have a chance to run in in the last few wild card spots through that. That is a, a outcome that's plausible, but it feels like the Ravens with that schedule are just going to run away with this thing, right?
1: Yeah, it does. Uh, it's unfortunate. I mean, it's funny to look at. You know, the Browns are two and one in the division, and, and the Ravens are two and zero, oh, and then like you know, the Bengals are zero oh and three. Steals one and one. I mean, the Browns have played. You know, and they're they were right in that Ravens game too. Um, but now it's just wild that the Ravens are sort of doing this with. I mean, again, it's a when they win, it's a, it's just a credit to, to Lamar, and and I know you've had a lot of thoughts on that offense and how they run it and all that. But it's wild to watch them like. <laughs> with Kenyon Drake being their lead running back with Deshaun Jackson suiting up and having a catch like in his, in the second snap of the game last night, he's got like a 20 yard catch. You're just like, what, like what? Devin Duvernay had like one catch for five yards. Rashad Bateman is not playing like there. It is just, it blows my mind. Mark Andrews out. Like, it blows my they mind make no that they sense. still are a functional nfl yeah. team with the the sort of cast of characters that they're running out there But man you know it, it, you, you have lamar and you have a shot um especially with his legs when you don't have the the sort of offensive weapons at the skill positions but man like i just like Kenyon drake this is what's going on this is what we're doing like it's just crazy but yeah that i mean they have an easy path and um, I was hoping the Saints would <laughs> would give a little bit of resistance and that went out the window pretty quickly last night so um, yeah it's it's definitely their division to lose and it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be all that close.
0: Yeah and I still remain steadfast in my stance that I don't take their offense seriously and I don't see them winning meaningful playoff games with that offense so until they prove no, me there's wrong. there's no shot. You know shout, shout out to them if they prove me wrong kind of like the Bengals did last year where I just didn't believe in them until they figured it out and I just can't – I listen, like I cannot see 35, 40 runs in a playoff game just working over the course of four games. I can't, three games. So uh, if they do figure it out, though, they can laugh at me back here in Ohio. More, more uh, um, power to them. We should do real quick before we chat, Dolphins, uh, real quick hitter, top five power rankings. I kind of want to do this as we analyze the best teams in the league. So um, you go first, you give me your top five, and then I'll, uh, I'll throw you my top five.
1: All right. Excellent. Um, I mean, well, I'm sure we'll both sort of start with the, I start with the Eagles. I still am just like, I just love their, I love their offense. Um, I think like I, I tweeted this, but sort of just watching Jalen hurts come into his own and just really run that offense now with so much confidence and, um, the sort of read option stuff that they do, they're just really fun to watch and it's fun when it's all come together. And, and I, again, I don't know if a team has made a, a, a trade that has been a better fit for what they're trying to do than, than getting AJ Brown's just completely changed mm-hmm. that entire offense and sort of what their ceiling is. And and he's just, I mean, he's having an incredible season. So um, I I'm, I'm all in there. I, I'm tempted to put the chiefs like ahead of the bills at this point, because just of like one, the uncertainty with Josh Allen's elbow. And then two, just kind of like, you know, the bills have sort of, have a had a couple injuries. games yeah they've had a lot of injuries I've had some games where they haven't looked very good I've had um I've had Mr. Gabe Davis on my fantasy team uh, and he's had exactly one two excuse me two good weeks one of those was week one um they just don't like outside of Stefan Diggs who you know is is once again Mr. Reliable and, and catches everything and um but like outside of outside of Stefan Diggs they just don't have like a ton of super reliable offensive options like a lot of it is coming on Josh Allen's legs um and then thrown to digs and so i i think i'm gonna put the chiefs ahead of them just because of i mean mahomes again just did some outrageous stuff in that titans game so i'm gonna go i'll go eagles i'll go i'll go chiefs i'll go bills and then let's see four and five who am i the, the, who am who i missing
0: is just stupid it it doesn't make sense and even like you're talking about the chiefs who looks pedestrian at home against the titans yep. and The NFL is so weird week to week, man, where the Chiefs go out to Kansas or out to San Francisco and just dominate a 49ers team at their place. One of the best defenses in football, but like the Bills lose to the Jets. It's all very confusing. I do think the one, two, three there is right. But like the two and three element there, is it is it ever seemed less intimidating? I I don't know. I, I don't. And, the, and then, like, injuries and the Chiefs just don't have a bunch of, outside of Kelsey. Who scares you? Who scares you exactly?
1: I mean, I, I still think like there's not enough, there's not enough talk sort of given about the losing Tyreek Hill. I just don't think there is. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing what he's doing in Miami, and it, you just cannot yeah. replicate that no matter how be, many quick guys. he the
0: MVP conversation over Tua? Like, to me, that, that how can you sit like? Let me slow down here with this thought. How can you say that Tua is this, all of a sudden, this lightened, it's pretty clear why. Like, yeah, it's pretty it's clear, clear why.
1: clear why, yes. No, I mean, I I would, not he's going to, you know, he's on pace. We did this for Sporting News. We did a graph. He's on pace to set the single season receiving yards record. Like, he's playing out of his mind. Um and I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where the Dolphins fit sort of in that power rankings with with that defense because they're they're giving up a lot of points and they actually have a negative point differential on the year. They're they're minus eleven. Um, I think if I finish out, do I? I mean, do I go like Cowboys Vikings four or five? Like th- that? I I still don't really believe in the Vikings in any way, shape, or form. But like they're seven and one. They're plus thirty two in point differential. They've got Justin Jefferson. Like yeah. So I think maybe that's where I, I go. Four or five know, Cowboys, some some combination of, of Cowboys and, and Vikings and four or five. I don't know if I feel good about that, though.
0: Yeah, it's like it's like Ravens, Vikings, Cowboys, Dolphins are that kind yep. of exactly. weird second tier there. Well, third tier, because I think the Eagles are in their own second tier is Dolphin or sorry, Bills and Chiefs and then. You start to look and it's just like it's extremely strange there. Cause I how good really is Dallas? The defense is good, but the offense has been extremely inconsistent. The Vikings I just have such a hard time taking Kirk Cousins seriously. I just shared yep. my opinion on the Ravens. And it's like I just am this game, and let's kind of switch to looking at because I'm with you, that some structure there, those are your top seven teams. This Dolphins game is interesting. There's no reason the Dolphins shouldn't have a lot of success in this game. It's in their home stadium and the heat the humidity uh, i know the browns are coming off of a bye but they're traveling and the secondary's not played all too well for cleveland it's like this game if the browns are in this game i think it'll be like they can play with anybody i mean they can play with anybody and i mean the, the wide receiver stuff scares the life out of me because they, they they've been going to more man but i don't think they have two guys unless they I will be put it this way. I'll be super fascinated to see a Newsome Waddle and Ward Hill, and hope for the best. Like, I just don't know what their plan is and how they're. I am not envious of what Joe Woods has to figure out this week. Put it not, that way. The, no, they not, have to. Not they have all. to make. They have to make Tua so uncomfortable in the pocket with just four, because you cannot. You can't. You cannot. You can. I haven't gone back and watched what Pittsburgh did to keep them bottled up a little bit. To what was it, sixteen points? And Tua was kind of erratic, and he threw several throws that could have been picked off in that game. So maybe that's the one to go look at a little bit. But these guys are these guys are ridiculous.
1: It's, it's tough, and it's funny too, because so much of um, yeah, I've read some stuff about how much how much zone teams are playing against Miami because they're like, we just don't want to get beat. <laughs> we just don't want to get beat in man. But it's like. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the zone stuff is working either. Like Tyreek is also, and Jalen are great at finding holes, and they're getting huge. I mean, yeah, you're not getting beat on a seventy yard bomb, I guess, but you're giving up a thirty yard chunk play because Tyreek is running around and two is getting out of the pocket, and he's finding a soft spot. You know, like I just don't know what you do um, because. I guess that's what teams are playing against them, but it hasn't really gone great <laughs> defensively for anybody. Like, I, the Bears, I mean, I watched a good amount of that Bears Dolphins game, and the Bears are playing a ton of zone, and they were just getting, I mean, not like they have this great defense or anything, but they were getting carved up, man. Like, every, they couldn't stop the Dolphins for anything. So, I don't know what you do. I think having, like, getting Denzel back is, is big. I mean, we'll see how rusty he is after a a few weeks. And he's, he's had a bit of a struggle this season anyway, but I mean, just to have him on the field, is just, just for confidence reasons is really big, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Do you think you can, do you feel comfortable playing a little more man than maybe some other teams have, or do you want to, you know, continue to play zone and and just try to, you know, bend, but not break. I'm not sure, but it's, it's a terrifying, that is one of the more terrifying sort of receiving duos that I've come across in, in quite some time.
0: They're going for 30 plus. The variety of that 30 plus is going to be interesting because I think you got to beat them with a similar score to what the Dolphins just beat the Bears, which is 35-32. The, the Bears had a couple possessions late in the fourth quarter to go win that game 38-35. Yep. Like that's got to be the outcome. They're going to score. Um they're going to put up points unless Tua just has a terrible off game, which he's, I mean, he's kind of due for. Keep our fingers crossed. But like that's yep. the that's it. Th- those two you're damned if you do, damned if you don't with those two. They're just really, between Waddle and him, are really effective. And they sprinkle in some of the others between Cedric Wilson and, and Giuseppe. And like, they just, they're, they're, they're the, the, like, this is what you don't, this is why, listen, this is why they gave up so much. Cause you just don't see this anywhere else. You don't see two guys who can really stretch you laterally and vertically in such unique ways. And, um, yep. People are trying to figure out how to defend them. And I don't think there's a great way. You just have to hope that your guys up front beat the crap out of the other guys and that you can make Tua uncomfortable enough to miss some of those. And he throws the ball to you a couple times. That's it. Because if they had a really elite quarterback downfield arm and all that stuff, like, like Justin Herbert was there, it would be, Oh oh boy. You'd be cooked. You'd be done. So I don't know. Maybe you do get up and press man them and 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 try to take away, make them run deep routes, bring seven or six, and try to get to him before he throws it. Um, Because then you know you can you can make Tua. Hey, if Tua beats us throwing it fifty yards accurately, we'll we'll take it, right? But I don't know. I really, he's Tua's most comfortable getting the football out to short and intermediate. He's certainly not a very accurate deep ball thrower, and he doesn't have the drive arm downfield, so. Can you make him have to throw it downfield, holding onto it a beat longer and generate creative pressure off of that? So you need Miles to be himself and elite and give give them hell. Clowney to rise up too to play a really yep. good game. So, uh, yeah, is this, this one uh, of the most interesting offensive matchups we'll see. And I'm glad Browns fans will get to see up close. What these these two wide receivers, how they threaten you, man?
1: Yeah, it's um, and I think I think Tua uh, this this season specifically is thrown into the sort of middle of the field more than maybe any quarterback. Like they thrive with that, like you said, that sort of intermediate over the middle stuff. So yeah, can you mm-hmm. can you find a way to take that away and make him throw to the outside and have to make some longer throws from like opposite hash marks and stuff and and get after him? I think yeah, I think you're pretty spot on there about how to you know, hopefully get, get to a little uncomfortable because man, he was chilling in the pocket against the bears. Just absolutely chilling, just throwing, throwing to wide open guys. I mean, he was having a, he was having a day and that's like, you can't, you know, you can't let him sit back there because then it's just, you're done. So uh, no, it's going to be a fascinating matchup. I think if people haven't really watched the dolphins yet, um, you know, they're really, they're incredibly entertained. They also now just have Jeff Wilson jr. Who had like 25 carries last week. They just got him. Um, he adds another little wrinkle to their running game. So yeah, there's um, they're a fun team. It's going to be, it's going to be a massive challenge for, for the Browns
0: offense has to be really good and they have to yep. keep Miami off the field type of 10 to 14 play type drives if they can to, uh, to limit the time of possession for the dolphins. And, and like I said, certainly make them feel pressured, right? Like a 3835 win would have to be it. And that's sort of what the bears did to them last week. So uh, but again, any given Sunday, weird stuff happens. Never know. Just see what they. Hey, do to, we'll see. Jacoby's got to creative.
1: Jacoby's got to go down swinging. He knows he's only got a handful of weeks left. Like let's let's go. Let's let it rip. He's you got know a bone to pick so, with
0: Miami. He he didn't have a good time he did, there last he does. year. Yeah. And people bagged him bad down there. And that offense just wasn't a fit. The last scheme they were doing a lot of RPO quick stuff, and that's not him. His motion is long, and he's a stand up, take a hit, deliver a downfield throw type of guy had this conversation earlier in the week about him. Like this offense is so perfect for him because of that style. And I think he's uh, it's a little personal, put it that way. A little way. bit so of I a hope,
1: revenge think... game for Jacoby. Very nice. I didn't even realize that little, yeah. little low key revenge game. So yeah, let's, uh, let's go. Like let's it. put up 40. It's fine. We got
0: this. <laughs> they, they, they could do it. I'm telling you, the Dolphins defense <laughs> is not very good. No. Uh, okay. Not. So if you, if you don't care about the rest of Cleveland sports, turn the pot off. Thanks for stopping by. I appreciate you much. If you do care about the Cavs, and the local baseball team the guardians who are are both in good positions uh, stick around we're going to have about five ten minute chat on both of these teams we'll start uh jordan with the Cavs. you went and watched them live against the clippers and you had to feel like you were watching the browns a little uh, bit they they choked it away with like a 15-0 run in the last two two minutes or so so uh yeah that's that's tough but they're good they're fun there there's some spots like the isaac okoro thing is a glaring issue and and uh, they probably need another wing, but they're eight and two, and they're fun, and they're going to win a ton of ball games. And I think they got an outside chance to really push the top of the East, right?
1: Yeah, they're really, really good. Um, yeah, they. I think a lot of what happened last night too was they just ran out of gas. I think that was their third game in four nights. They're on a back to back. They just flew out to the West Coast. Like this is the start of their West Coast swing. So they they very visibly sort of ran out of gas at the end of that game. And I also think you know yeah we're ten games in. Um, And Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland have played a total of three games together. Now Um, it's going to take time to still figure out, especially in late game situations where the pressure sort of ramps up and your offense is going to grind to a halt and you got to figure out like what to do. It's going to take time, you know, and they very much were, they were very um, uncertain on offense down the stretch last night. Once the, once the Clippers got it close. So yeah, I mean, I think you touched on it. I think the biggest issue for them, Um, moving forward will definitely be what they're going to do with the, with the wing position. I, if you follow me on Twitter, you saw me um, hitting on this last night and today, but like Karis Levert is just maybe one of the streakiest players I've ever seen. You know, he didn't even score last night until maybe (laughs) the fourth quarter and he missed a wide open three with about two and a half minutes left. I tweeted this clip out on Twitter uh, where the Cavs were up. I think they were up eight at the time. Um, that three would have pushed it to 11. You know, we're getting down inside two minutes. It, it really would have been a big shot. He's wide open. It was, uh, it was
0: one of those things where everything had to go the Clippers way. And if I, if I saw correctly, yep. like the officials game day report day after, like they blew a missed foul on Garland. They admitted, they admitted they missed the foul on Allen. It was the a foul on one, Allen it was a,
1: the foul on the missed call on Allen was tough because um, it was very clearly a foul and, and that would have stopped the bleeding a little bit. But yeah, so they just have stuff to figure out and they're going to have to get more from the wing position than they're currently getting, which I think they are they have to be aware of because that was, you know, before even the Mitchell trade went down, that was sort of the, um, you know, the idea there. But man, when they're clicking, uh, they came out last night, you know, they, they went on a quick little 6-0 run right out of the gate, which ended with a, a garland oop to, to Donovan Mitchell uh, in transition. I mean, when they're really going, when they've got Jared and uh, Evan, you know, making blocks on the defensive end, they can get out and run. And um, they're awesome. And and watching, watching Donovan Mitchell, who I didn't have a full appreciation for, because just he played in Utah and we just don't get to see him that much uh, until the playoffs, really. Like, it's just not a team that's on national TV all that much. Or if they are, you know, especially for – for you guys in in Cleveland, like, it's just not, you're just not staying up late to watch him. Like he's just, he's pretty unbelievable in person. Um, And he is going to help them immensely just by shot making, like some of his step back threes he was hitting are just, yeah, he's, he's insanely talented. He's so explosive. And him and Darius are only going to, you know, this is just the beginning of sort of their chemistry and figuring out how to play off each other. So uh, very excited for, for the future of this team this season. I think they're going to be really, really awesome.
0: I don't know much. I'm a, I'm a football, uh, meathead here, but probably one big football guy, big, big football guy. Uh, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell to have more than one shot in the last seven minutes. Just yes. So and that's big something learning, they, yeah, they got to
1: figure that out. Yep.
0: Yeah. They learned a ton. I think that they just, uh, you know, I think JB probably learned a lot too about, well, we, we just didn't communicate here. We didn't get it done there. Like, yeah, these games suck, but the NBA, you get 82. It's not 17, so you learn from it and handle that situation differently. And again, a whole bunch of weird shit had to happen, and it did. And sometimes it's just like the phrase, it'd be like that. it it just be like that. that way, and hey, so.
1: man, the, the Clippers are a good basketball team. Paul George yeah. played out of his mind. They're a very good defensive team. Ty Lue is a great yeah. coach. I mean, it, there's no shame in sort of, despite blowing that lead, like, yeah, that's a, it's a good game to, to lose because – you're going to learn a lot from how the Clippers sort of played you defensively down the stretch. So yeah, no really, no shame on a back-to-back yeah. losing that game.
0: No, and and two, I think the thing that this team's missing, and I don't know who this player is, and I'm not as in tune with NBA rosters as I once was. Uh, shout out NBA 2K. I, I haven't bought you yet. Maybe I will uh, <laughs> down the line. But um, which I heard NBA 2K, you can go back and play dynasties at different starting points of like, like you can or not dynasty, but like franchise mode. It's starting in like. 03 with the Cavs or something i don't know i it's piqued my interest let me put that out there um big video game guy too anyway um <laughs> they need a wing a three and d wing it, it's clear yep. that like who the hell is going to guard Giannis who the hell and i know that you can do some of this stuff with mobley i get it but like a three and d wing who can who can give really good minutes guarding kd Giannis the paul george types and in the east you start thinking about some others out there, but just like a six, seven, they don't make these guys in factories or anything, but he doesn't really need the ball in offense, but he can guard on defense and he can make corner threes. Like that's what you wish. Isaac Okora was right. Yeah, that's why you're so you know?
1: that's why you're so frustrated with Okora because if he could shoot like at even yeah. a baseline of like 35 percent from three, it, he would be the yeah. perfect player because he's he's still great defensively, he still works his ass off, but he does literally nothing offensively now, and it is you yeah, know so they right just right he just gets ignored and it yeah. and it's tough to play him. So um yeah, there there's going to be guys available at the trade market. Um, you know, Eric, oh, and, Eric and the, Gordon
0: and the tank. Yeah. And the tank for Wimbayama yep. or whoever you say his last name is going to be offloading. It's going to be
1: strong. Yeah. But if you, yeah, a name to Eric Gordon is a name that they were attached to last off season, or I'm sorry, last trade deadline. He stayed with the Rockets, but the Rockets are this very young team and he's not part of their future plans. Uh, he's on a different timeline and he's the type of guy that would fit mm-hmm. perfectly with this team. Um he's a lethal shooter and, 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 plays pretty good defense. So that's, that's a guy, him and Terrence Ross with the magic are, are kind of both names to look out for as we go through the season. So I, I have a feeling they'll address it, but it is, it's a bummer, man. I want a core to sort of, I've wanted him to develop into that guy. And it's just, it's just not happening.
0: Don't see it happening, but uh, maybe, maybe there's some role. I don't know. But I, I was watching last night and I'm like, I don't watch much here. Cause we, we don't have Bally and, I really, I I didn't watch many Guardians games. You know, I'm in Columbus and we get blacked out of everything, and we just can't watch Ugh. it. And I'm not paying for something other than YouTube TV, so like, I'll catch them when I can. But I'm usually watching the nine minute YouTube highlights, which are pretty nice actually uh, after the games, where you get all the all the uh, meat and potatoes of the game. But but yeah, I was like, man, they're just kind of. A, I mean, I'm not a genius here, but they say, hey man, you want to catch this rock and transition and try to create? You do it, man. Go right ahead. So. <laughs> he's a he's a problem we'll switch over guardians now not much news i think we saw one big deal the uh, edwin diaz uh, closer deal which cannot imagine that ends up really ending very well all those reliever deals it was like five years 102 or something like that i just those never seem to end well and again i'm not i'm making this very clear if you're listening to this and you think you think i think i know what i'm talking about i'm i'm like I'm a fan of the Cavs and Guardians. I I I feel like I'm a decent fan of them, but I don't know, I don't know nuts and bolts the way I try to portray on my podcast on the Browns. So, uh, I'm just giving opinions here. Um but but I don't, you know, with with Antonetti wins GM of the year. So, shout out to him, kudos. That's uh I think it's pretty well deserved. That's the biggest news, but otherwise, I think what's looming for the guardians is like they have probably like 50 rosterable 40 man roster guys, and it, they're going to be exposing a lot of talent in the rule five draft. Uh, and it's like, do they need to make a trade or two? It kind of feels like they need to make a trade or two uh, to consolidate some of these guys. They don't want to expose to the rule. five. I mean, if you don't know the rule five draft uh, and again, Jordan, this is just me, but I grew up playing franchise video games and learning these yep. rules yeah. The Rule five draft is a draft for any player not currently on a 40 man roster. Now the MLB doesn't have actual 40 man game day rosters. There's an MLB 25 man, which has gotten a little, it's it's moved a little bit because of extended pitching and stuff like that. But you know, a guy is on your 40 man he's essentially protected. Nobody else can pick him. But if, if somebody wants to get, Somebody outside the 40 man. I'm not even I don't know who that would be off the top of my head, but there's a lot of talent here. Think of uh is it John Kenzie Noel, the kid at double A who's smashing home runs left and right. I think yeah. this happened. Yep. do you remember the name Anthony Santander? Um was a I very do, notable yes. one. Was with the was with the formerly the you know Indians, guardians, whatever, and the Orioles took him and yep. kind of put you have to put if you take a guy in the rule five, you got to put him on your 25-man roster. He's got to be there. The minute you take him off your 40 man, uh, or sorry, the off the I think I hope I'm right on this, guys off the twenty five man he's back to his original team, so he has to be on your twenty five man roster, and they just kind of stashed him for a while nice he's a twenty five thirty home run guy this year good so little player, yep, good little player for them um there are some guys I think that are gonna be rule five interesting targets out there for teams, so I don't know if they make a trade or two or 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 what man what do you what do you uh what do you expect from them?
1: yeah, I mean, I think you know when they didn't do anything at the deadline it was um it was it was fairly surprising, i think. Like you said, I mean, they they still need to consolidate the amount of the amount of prospects they have at positions where they now have pretty set set players, um, especially in the infield. But uh, there's actually a really interesting. So one of the uh, I don't know if you follow his name's Mike Hatterday, Hatter mm-hmm. Hattery Hattery, a yes. mm-hmm. snarky hat man on uh, on Twitter. He's a great Guardians writer, um, and he wrote an article a couple of days ago. About why Jose Abreu from the White Sox would be a perfect fit in Cleveland, and Said I, it for I, months.
0: I could not agree um, more. I could not yeah, agree more. I,
1: um, imagining his bat in in the middle of this lineup um, is pretty tantalizing. Now I don't know, you know, trades within the division are always a little, uh, but isn't he a free <laughs> a agent, shaky?
0: or does he have a player? Option? I.
1: That's a great question. Let me. I think just he's. Double a, check I th- I'm pretty sure he's a free, sure free agent because.
0: I was looking at some stuff with uh, with when this this the Yankee series was winding down, and I'm like, they're clearly not going to go spend stupid money. No one expects that, but can they get a, a a DH type bat where you were expecting Franmil to be that guy, a 40 30 to 40 home run right handed bat in the middle of your lineup to uh, to anchor some things? Because like I said, they they don't want to go sign a bunch of people because I do think they want to see a lot of these young players develop in in Arias and. Gonzalez and a lot of these guys, they want to figure out what they have, but like they do need, they're contending at the same time, so they do need to go get a serious bat that's like is a JD Martinez out there, like who, like that's the thing I'm focusing in on. They're not going to go crazy, but can they get like God? Jose Abreu would be so good for this lineup. Yeah,
1: so yeah, you're right. So he declined his, he had a player option, declined it. And he is a, he is a free agent, so it wouldn't even. Do you be know a how trade, much so that yeah, player so. option was? Oh, I don't think I do. Um I don't think I have that number in front of me. Um okay, yeah, name. I mean it it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he's looking for. Um and, but he he would be just from a fit standpoint, um he would be awesome. He also one of the things that Mike points out in this article is how good of a hitter against left-handed pitching he is, and that is one of the areas where the Guardians still cannot <laughs> cannot buy a hit against left-handed pitching like they just struggle immensely against left-handers and in this article it says Abreu has hit left-handed pitching to the tune of a 925 OPS over his career which is an an unbelievable number against um left-handed pitching so he not only is he a his power dropped off a little bit in terms of home runs last season but like he still hit over 300 uh still hits left-handed hitting really really well I mean he would be a he would be an ideal addition. So somebody like that, you know, where you, if you don't have to pay something crazy above market value for him and, and you can kind of slot him into to this roster as it continue to grow, that's something I would be, I would be thrilled by. So we, we will see, um, you know, you never know with the guardians and spending and, you know, they, they can say that, uh, you know, okay, we'll spend a little bit more when we're ready to contend and all that. Uh, you just never know. But Jose Abreu and that, that sort of, tier of player i think is is right in their wheelhouse and, and would be a huge addition to that lineup
0: yeah it doesn't seem like Brayu who's gonna i mean i've seen some projections out there and they're kind of like something like 35 million for two years he's 36 years old so he's not young and he's not going to yep. play the field so like that to me is the indians aren't going to god sorry the guardians aren't going to go out and, and chuck five years to you know 110 million dollars at somebody but Like a deal like two years, 35 is stomachable given some of the additions to minor, uh, you know, the minority ownership stuff. Like I feel like like I think last year we watched all of these players in last offseason just get scooped up left and right. Right. And there were all these people were like, hey, man, um, who was the kid out in the uh, played for San Francisco? Formerly with the dot. uh, Jock Peterson would have been a great. I saw a lot of smart Indians. If I say Indians one more time, I'm sorry. <laughs> Smart Guardians writers, people who talk about them on Twitter, talking about he'd been a great fit, or like um, uh, Jesse Winker. Or there's a lot of names that were thrown. They just all kind of got picked up, picked up, picked up. It was like they're just not going to do anything. And then we're like down on them. They're not going to be very good. And then they figured out the young players start to get better. They they put it together. And it's like it would. I'm not asking for them to go crazy. I'm not asking for them to be in the sweepstakes for somebody. Not even. Not even talking about aaron judge but i'm talking about even the tiers below him xander bogart's types like i'm not asking that what i am interested in is a player like this a valuable guy who you still have to pay but it's not an overwhelming amount but can make you better and just give you a bat in the middle that you feel like if it's not hot it's still very capable of figuring it out so um boy that, that would be great. You know, there's some other types yeah. I'm sure that that some smart guardians people will put out there, but that to me was like looking the free agency list that would make the most sense cuz the bullpen's strong, the starting pitching's good enough and the, some of the young guys come along in the system, they'll be ready like man, that one is enticing. So I don't know, that's probably it. I'm paying super close. It's going to get really fun. The, the the winter meetings will be here before we know it with baseball and there'll be a bunch of big deals and I can't wait to watch Aaron Judge leave New York. That's going to be really funny. Oh, so, yeah.
1: Give it to me. Give it to yeah, me. I need it.
0: I need it. I need it too. I really can't wait for it because they're, uh, I mean, he carried them. He really carried them. And if they lose his bat, oh, boy. Um, just a renewed hatred for that, Frank. I just can't. The people that support <laughs> yeah. it can't get behind it. Anyway, this Thank was you. fun, dude. We're at an hour. It uh, took an hour of your time, but this is always fun to catch up and especially like the Cavs Guardian stuff here at the end, man. So, Jordan, we, we, uh, we we always appreciate your, your time and insights, man.
1: Anytime, anytime man. Appreciate you having me. Um, always fun to do this. So looking forward to a, a actual Browns football game after a week off. So uh, ready to go.
0: Ready to go. We will be back uh, tomorrow for a – I think we're going to do a Dolphins guest and preview uh, a bit more specifically of this team we don't know much about outside of their big names. Try to give you some more on the Dolphins, and then we'll get together – over the weekend with a couple different, I might do a Saturday. I haven't done anything on college prospects, so I might throw something out on college prospect Saturday. We'll see. Cause we already got with John Colisimo early in the week, but it's been a great week of shows between this, this one with Jordan, Jared yesterday, John, the day before great by week content as we head towards a new portion of the season with a lot of exciting things to come. So appreciate you guys stopping by whether the website, the Twitch shows or, This podcast, appreciate you much. Shout out to FanDuel, our new SUP, our new sponsor. Appreciate them. And uh, like I said, guys, and try to close every week with stay safe, be well, and go Browns.
3: When you make decisions for your company, you always look for the no-brainers.